Hey guys, this is Books and Crimes. Um, I'm Mimi with JB. <laughs> with JB. Um, so I just want to say sorry for last week's episode. If you hear the paper, I my dumbass at the paper on top of the microphone, so it's probably like a really <sighs> as you're like listening to it. So my apologies. So this is. I was Googling up urban legends and this popped up as an urban legend, but then when I get halfway through it or towards the end, you'll be like, how is this an urban legend? <laughs> but it's a very interesting crime story at the end of it. Um, so George, what I asked you before how to pronounce this, Manus? I think so. Um, George Manus was born March 20th, 1834 in France. At some point, George came to America and resided in Wyoming. There is not much known about his childhood, but as an adult, George was an American Wild West Western man, a cow wrestler, not wrestler, wrestler. <laughs> he was out there fucking wrestling cows. <laughs> He's a cow wrestler, which I thought that was like somebody who like herds them up. Yeah. Um, a robber, a murder, and many more other things. Okay. George liked to rob stagecoaches with his gang or crew, whatever you want to call it. In 1878, George and his crew decided that they were going to loosen a railroad spike. And their plan was to use a telegram wire to snatch the boxcar off the train. But before the train actually took off, the workers that worked for like the trains, they went through to do their searches or whatever, and they found the the spike loose, so they ended up fixing it. That's good that they were able to check it in time. Yeah. Um, but my thing is, though, is, like, how strong is that fucking wire? Like, I, I can't get over how how strong is that fucking telegram wire that it could take a box car off of the, the bedding of a train? I can't think of it right now. The only thing I can think of is, like, if it's the type of wire that they use, like, when they put up electricity wires. Because, like, when you look at it, those bitches be thick as hell, too. But, like, damn, man, a whole fucking box train thing. In the process... They ended up, there ended up being two cops, Robert Widowfield and Tip Vinson, who opened fire on George. George and his gang opened fire back. Tip and Robert end up dying. George and his gang stole the two officers' horses and went about doing their own thing. Like, they just kept living life. <laughs> <laughs> A man named Morris Kane, Can, what was it, Khan, um, was taking money east to buy some stocks. He was a billionaire and from South Africa or in South Africa. So George, Charles, and two others carried out how to do a robbery on Morris. They, so they hit, figured out he was going to be on for these trains? He was he he was doing it by um like wagons. Oh okay. Like horse wagons. So they figured out kind of like where he was gonna be. Yeah, they had heard that he was gonna be taking money to go do some stocks. 
So they tracked down what path he was supposed to be going and waited for it. Okay. Um, they end up they ended up waiting on a trail and was hiding as Morris, some military soldiers, an ambulance, and two other officers came down the trail. That's when George and his crew end up using like taking them as hostage. When the rest of the soldiers came up with the wagon, that's when George, Charles, and the other two guys got away with anywhere between three to fourteen thousand dollars. That's a lot of money back then. Especially back then, but I just thought it was a weird that's yeah, a big difference between three and fourteen. Yeah, that's a really big one. <laughs> yeah. Um Charles and George got drunk one night. They began to brag about killing to the two officers and they end up and telling people that they were getting, that there was an award out for them, a reward out for them for their arrest for about $20,000. So they must have been drunk. Mm-hmm. Oh my, $20,000. That's, that's a lot of money. Especially back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, that's why you don't get drunk because. They would have probably gotten away with it too. And cocky, way yeah. too fucking cocky. Too, yeah. Um, George's, they end up bragging to the wrong people. George is now sitting in jail with his other three people and they're all waiting to be hanged. George tried to escape on March 22nd. They end up hitting a guard in the head and busted his head open up to the skull. The guard was Robert Rankin. Robert was such a badass that he still overpowered the guys and got them back into their jail cell. How like much of a beast are you that with a major head wound you can still get up and overpower three guys? Okay. Like that is like that just tells you how much of a badass he <laughs> It was like not nah, motherfucking today. I need this damn job, bro. <laughs> Soon after being in jail, masked men broke into the jail and took George. Some people thought that they were going to be Knight of Shining Armor. Some people said that they were rescuers. Nope. It was just a pissed off mob of people who took it into their own hands and hung George, including the other men. (laughs) I guess they just didn't (laughs) want to wait. They wanted to think. Yeah. Um, They, as in over 200 people, decided to hang George and his gang from telegram wires on a telegram pole. A doctor, mm, two doctors, Thomas McGee, or Maggie McGee, and John Eugene Osborne wanted George's body to examine his brain to find out what made George want to act out in such bad behavior, such as, like, you know, the killing, the robbings, shit like that. Yeah, why did he do the things that he did? So, John sawed off George's skullcap and gave it to his 16-year-old assistant, Lillian Heath. Lillian actually became the very first female doctor in Wyoming. The cap was then made into an ashtray, a pen holder, and doorstop. I still don't. I still don't understand why somebody would turn that into those things. Especially the ashtray and the doorstop. Like it's one thing to have anything, any freaking thing as a pen holder. Like anything could be a pen holder, but an ashtray and a doorstop. First of all, you're disrespecting the dead, and why would you even want that in your house or building or anything? My thing is like if you did it with him, like were you doing it with other people who? 
Drake weren't bad people. Okay. <laughs> but I also thought it was weird that one his which I know it was a different time of day, but one his one of his assistants was 16 years old and she chose to want to keep it. Why did she choose to keep it? Because maybe like she's trying to become the doctor because she did become the first female doctor in Wyoming. Maybe she kept it for, you know, experimental, like, you know, to like examine. She could have just kept it as because he was such a high profile um, guy back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense too. Um, His skin on his face, thighs, chest was removed. Also his nipples, which was also into a tannery in Denver. So I had to look up what a fucking tannery was. And like when I hear tannery, I think of like where you fucking go tanning. <laughs> I was like, why would they go send that there? No, it's actually a place where they actually take like true pig skin and cow skin, animal skin, whatever, gator, deer, mm. not deer. Yeah, deer, whatever. Anyways, they make them into anything and everything. Shoes, clothes, um, belts. I, I don't know. I never looked at a person and be like, you know what that skin looks like? <laughs> that would make a good that would make a good handbag. Like what the fuck is wrong with those doctors that Man, your skin is so smooth, that's gonna be like the best pillow ever. See, that, makes me <laughs> question, that makes me question those doctors that where they looked at that guy's skin and like I wanna make stuff out of this. That to me, that's not right. Okay, Something and people wrong. say like People, something's wrong with like serial killers for how they act and everything else. But what about people back in the days like this that were doctors who wanted to examine people like that? What's wrong with them that made them want to cut somebody open and take their skin and send it but somewhere? See, that's not examining. That's taking their skin because you want like a new pair of shoes. Exactly. Or <laughs> Um, so they ended up making his skin into a pair of shoes and a medical bag. Oh my gosh. John then dismembered the body, stored it in a whiskey barrel, and filled it with a salt solution for a year to different ex- to do different experiments. Um, John then buried George in Thomas's Maggie McGee's backyard. In nineteen fifty, construction workers found the barrel and his body, and they also put his shoes in there. Wait, wait. I guess, like, his own personal shoes, like, can when they we, hung him. Oh, okay. I was just saying, like, the shoes that the guy made out of him. No, no, no. Because I was about to say, oh, that's just tricky. Ooh, can you imagine, like, you're just doing your job and finding a barrel with a person in it? I would cry, and I would quit, and I would never be able to work that type of job again. <laughs> Like, no, you don't understand why I can't do city work construction. Like, I can't do it. I found a body once, man. I found a body. (laughs) At this point, Lillian was in her 80s. I didn't do the math, so don't come at me. And she was contacted about, um, because I guess they went back, found evidence, blah, blah, blah. That she was there at the time. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to contact her about the body part that they were told that she had. Um, And they found out that she did still have the skull cap. She sent it into the police who made a positive match. A few years later, DNA started coming out really big. And that's when they actually had DNA proof that it was a positive match. 
the shoes, the skull, the skull cap, the death mask, which I'm assuming is what they put over his face as they hung him. Um, and the shackles that they put on him as they hung him are now on display at a at the Union Pacific Museum in Omaha, Nebraska. I wonder why it's there if this took place. I wonder why it's not in a Wisconsin. I'm wondering if maybe um, when maybe by this time, like the two doctors were already passed away, the town, the city is disgusted by George and they don't want nothing to do with the Lillian at this time is old and maybe the police that end up taking on the investigation was in that thing. And maybe like um, a museum found out about it was like, hey, can we buy this off of you so we can display it? Because, you know, there's a lot of weird. There's a fucking museum out there about well dicks. OK, so I'm pretty sure there's people out there that want to buy fucking <laughs> body skin bags and shoes. <laughs> um, the medicine bag, the medicine bag was never found. John Eugene was actually John Eugene, Dr. John Eugene actually wore the shoes in his place of business. And after he wore them for a little bit, he actually displayed them at the, at the front of his office at one point. Tanya, I got, he's a, that's a questionable doctor. Right there. I'm trying to tell you. Um, and I also, if I'm not mistaken, they said that they took his nipples and they made it into like a lampshade. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it popped up as urban legend, but it's act, like, it don't, when you actually Google George's name, he don't pop up as an urban legend. He pops up as a true human person. The guy that they robbed, Morris or whatever, he is a true billionaire at, you know, at one point. So like, it has to be true at some point. I was expecting like, because when you say like things are starting to be made from like someone was going to come across it and like a haunting or something was supposedly gonna happen but i was expecting it but yeah i know me too at the same that's why i was like i don't i don't know how it's considered as an urban legend it is an interesting story yes okay so this part is um like what a big true crime mm -hmm. um so kid creel um, was a member of the hip-hop band Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five was convicted in the Furious Five. How come I've never heard of neither one of them? Um, They're from the, um, they were kind of big in the early 80s. Oh. Well, I don't know. I know a lot of music and stuff like that from the 80s. The Furious Five sounds, but it took me back to like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> You know what it is? You probably know the songs, you just don't know the name. Oh, yeah, because I'm bad at that. I know, like, songs like crazy. I just don't know names or bands. So he was convicted in 2022 in the 2017 death of 55-year-old John Jolly. He was convicted of first-degree manslaughter. 62-year-old Kid Creel, whose real name was Nathaniel Glover, can face up to 25 years in prison when he is sentenced May 4, 2022. In 1995, he was arrested for possession of a loaded 9mm handgun and, lit and live ammo. 
2007, he was charged with possession of a gravity knife. What the fuck is a gravity knife? A gravity knife is one of those ones, like, if you don't, the, the blade comes out. Okay. Um, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five took off in the 1970s, playing at the play, playing at places like bars and bars and parks. In the early 1980s, they got successful with hits like Freedom, The Message, and White Lines. Don't do it. <laughs> they took them like cocaine. Don't do that, cold girl. <laughs> In the mid-1980s, they broke up. They tried years later to get back together, but it didn't pan out. In 2007, the band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They were the first rap group inducted. Well, yeah, how? Well, never mind. I don't even question that. Nathaniel was working as a handyman in, the secur in a security guard near where John was stabbed in Midtown Manhattan. Nathaniel was on his way to work. Sorry, I went back on a whole nother paragraph. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, when John approached him and said, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it literally took me to the... <laughs> They said he pulled out a steak knife and that he he had attached it to his forearm. Oh, that he had attached his forearm with rubber bands that stabbed John two times in the chest. See, when I read that, that makes me think because he walked to work, like he must have had like interactions before that made him feel like uneasy and, and like to, to, to the point where he felt like he had to carry something. Plus, I mean, it's this takes place in New York City, so. Okay. And he worked night time, so. Uh, yeah, I don't, well, all that makes sense right there. Like, all of it in one sentence. <laughs> he allegedly enraged at John because he thought John was gay and was hitting on him. He said, they said he pulled out a steak knife that, oh, did I already read all that? Yeah, you're at the, he then oh. allegedly... He then allegedly went to his went to his work two blocks away. He changed his clothes and cleaned the knife in the sink at his workplace. Nathaniel then <clears throat> allegedly dumped the blade into a sewer near the Bronx subway station. He was identified through surveillance video. He was arrested the next day. The police. Sorry. <laughs> the police also found the knife that he used the same day that he was arrested they said nathaniel didn't know <clears throat> john prior to that night pedestrians called 911 because they thought john passed out first responders were surprised to see stab wounds on his chest I'm losing my voice, and I, I don't know, know why. I'm I am so I'm just, sorry. I'm, just, I'm, here, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Hopefully, it'll be some back. I don't know. This is day two or three. Jonathan John was rushed to Bellevue Hospital, where he died shortly later. John served five years in prison for beating and raping a 42-year-old woman in 1997, and in 2008, he did nearly three years on weapons charge. 
People were shocked to hear of Nathaniel's arrest. A 72-year-old woman who lived in the same building as Nathaniel said, he was the sweetest man I ever met. Everybody liked him. I really, I'm really about to cry. In an interview he had in jail in 2021, he said he's not an intolerant person and that he feared for his safety. During his trial in March 2022, Nathaniel's lawyer, Scotty Celestin, Celestin? I thought it was Celestin. Celestin? Said he stabbed him out of self-defense. In the trial, it was mentioned how John came up to him and asked, what's up? (laughs) Scotty said, ladies and gentlemen, this is New York City. It's 12 o'clock at night. Who's saying what's up to you with good intentions. I know that's right, especially when you just, like, someone's just walking up to you. Don't nobody just walk up to you anywhere, personally, like, not just freaking New York at 12 o'clock at night and just be like, what's up? Because anybody walks up to you at any time, like, late at night, and they're like, what's up? Then you already know that's fighting words. You better get ready to defend yourself. <laughs> um, his fear for his life was reasonable. John died from a dose of I'm not not sure. That was given to him at the hospital, not the stab wounds. Is versus like a type of medicine or something? I did. I put a Look at me with my questions before you even answer. (laughs) Um, verse, verse. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, was used to help relax someone before having minor surgery, dental work, or other medical procedures. I never want that if I have to go to the doctor. (laughs) Van Silk, who was the band's promoter back in the day, said the guy didn't die because of the stab wounds. He died because of the doses of medicine that they gave him. He should have been let out of jail. In 2022, he was convicted of first-degree manslaughter and will be sentenced May 4, 2022 at 10 a.m. See, my thing is this. I was... I, they were going for the self-defense, but if he went and he got rid of the knife, that kind of goes against self-defense. And, and it could be like, you know, he was scared, he didn't know what to do, and things like that, but you washed the knife, you changed your clothes, and then you got rid of the knife, that that kind of needs... Even like, if that was something that, like, you were freaking the fuck out, like, that shows, like, it was kind of like you it, knew what you were doing. Like it wasn't premeditated because they didn't know. It's one it thing like, like you went up there and you stabbed him, and then you freaked out and just like fucking threw it in a bush or in a river or something like that. Oh my god! And you went and started washing your hands. You cleaned the knife and everything. Yeah, and because the thing is, like he could have been, you know, obviously, like you know, he was carrying it for a reason. But I mean, you're a guy going to work in the middle of the now, night, so and stuff like that. But if you if you would have not, I think if he would have not got rid of the knife, I feel like he could have, the self-defense would have held a lot better. Now, I can't remember if I read it or not, but when he, um, did he know that this, that the, that the guy walked that same route, like he was on that same route all the time? Did he know like he was going to run into him or did he just 
he was just preparing that he knew that like they were in the same area all the time that he was I, just preparing no, for I what think, he did I see. I think the guy just happened to come up upon him. I don't think because they said like it's just weird. Him. Like I don't know that whole story is like kind of questionable both hands. Because yeah, I don't know why John chose to approach Nathaniel. I don't. I don't know that. Like and it doesn't really. There's not like a lot of details. I'm defending myself, point blank, period. If it's like 12 o'clock at night, I'm walking, trying to get to my mission or whatever, and somebody comes at me. A lot of people made it out like, because, like, he stabbed him because he thought he was gay, he was coming onto him. But my thing is, is a person's not. Well, that may only make sense. He's not just going to stab him. It almost seems like John had to do something to make him pull out the knife. Maybe, like, came at him. And then he felt yeah because if you're just walking past somebody no matter what daytime whatever like i'm the type of person like i'm not gonna say hi or whatever unless someone says hi back then i'll say hi or whatever but like i smile at the person you know saying when you're walking by and you happen to make eye contacts i give them that little hi you know bullshit smile type thing you know like i can understand that like I know guys don't look at each other and smile at each other. So when they're probably walking by, he could have been like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Just walking by. But if he literally felt like he was coming on to him or felt threatened, then that means the guy didn't just say, like, what's up? Like, he had to come at him like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, he was ready to fuck him up. You know, like, he was trying to fight him or something. I don't know. I wish The whole story is weird. And There's like, just what in there. I couldn't. I. I went through a lot of searches and I just, there just wasn't like a lot out there. Maybe in time, this is a story we can go back and do an update on. And yeah. maybe like he can, after he sits in there for a little bit, maybe the story will change. Well, he's, already, or... he's already been in jail for five years because he, he's been sitting in jail since 2017. He had um, his trial, I believe was in March last month of 2022 and then i think they convicted him like i think it was april that he was convicted and then in may he's going to be sentenced and stuff like that yeah we definitely got to come back to this one yeah. i'm interested in this one <laughs> and all right so these are our little crime stories this one play, takes place in Wisconsin in 2021. Eric and Karen Craig, Creek, the owners of a Canfora bakery, put the suspect's face who robbed the bakery on 100 sugar cookies. I know that's right. And I'll be putting it in a little box and everything else. On April 19, 2021, a man broke into the bakery and stole the cash out of the drawer. He stole the cat drawer. Oh, he stole the whole drawer? Yeah, that's what it seemed like. He wanted... Well, who the fuck stole the whole drawer? Wouldn't it be easier just to stick all the money in your pocket? Fucking weirdos. <laughs> they wanted to find out who he was, so they printed his face off the security footage and stuck them on a bunch of sugar cookies. It worked. Tips came in and... And about who the man was, and the police arrested him. You're handing out cookies. It's like, hey, you know this person? And some I don't even blame him. I like their little idea. Yeah. You go, was, Eric and Karen. I like that. I thought that was <laughs> um, good old Florida. 
2017, 21-year-old Demetrius Dante Solon. Why do I know that name? <laughs> it's so, so familiar. Solon went into a target target just after 8 p.m. and attempted to steal two robotic vacuum cleaners worth $875. Damn. He fled foot, but the police were able to locate him. Oh, that was it? Um, this one's from Naples, Florida. Oh, okay. So this one's in Naples, Florida. In 2020, a man put some gloves on and stole all the chicken weeks. Other chicken wings and hot food from the Naples 7-Eleven. Sometimes if you get your 7-Eleven chicken wings just right, them chicken wings do be busted, though. You'd be like, man, I should have got, like, two of these little boxes instead of one. <laughs> Same thing with their little tacos and the pizza. I like, do, I, so, I love 7-Eleven food, man. And they be having, like, they be having the street tacos. Um, well, not all of them, but some of them be having the street tacos. Little taco bus, they be having the whole package with all that. Yeah, oh I my like god, I want some tacos. <laughs> um, sorry, he then took off with two other people. The clerk said that he remembered him from the last time he came in because he ate three chicken wings in front of him and left without pee. Why would you even let him get to three chicken wings? <laughs> Once you ate that first one, I'd be like, hey, you gotta pay for that. Once you get to that second one, I'm like, all right, listen, I'm calling the cops, man, because you you stealing right now. <laughs> that third one, and then you're going to try to walk out my door? <laughs> all three men were detained, but only one man was arrested. It didn't have his name? No, not the article that I read. Come on, Naples. Chicken wings. I mean, it's 7-Eleven's food's good, but not that damn good for you to... Go to jail over some damn chicken wings like, I like that. That guy was happy and came back with me. Do it again. Because so, he kept thinking that it was it was a um, little bitch ass, um, what are they called? Clerks that weren't going to do nothing. Yep, and this one was, this one guy, the person was just waiting. He was about it, <laughs> he was ready. All right, guys, so that's it for that. Um, we don't have any updates besides, I can't remember. Did I apologize for not having Instagram pictures and YouTube videos and all that up to date? I believe so. Um, we're still trying to catch up. We've had family issues and stuff like that going family, on. We, we've been having family emergencies. Yeah. So um, our apologies that we're late and behind on everything, but we will eventually catch up. And thank you for listening. And we hope you guys stay tuned for the next one. And we've been trying to drop them still on Wednesdays. Yes, Wednesdays is when we're trying to do them. Um, that's it. Bye.